all we got one goddamn hit you can't say goddamn on the air don't worry nobody's listening anyway i'd like to think they're listening alex bob Euchre says they're not i think we have people listening to us at least you know that's what the numbers are showing do you, you think the lunatics are tuning in i think they are i if they aren't they definitely are being nice in the comment section about how much they like us anyway yeah i mean how much they like you. No, they've been very kind about me as well. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the podcast to be named later. I'm I'm Noah Hiles. He's Alex Stump. And Alex, they took the words right out of our mouth. One hit? Man, that was a tough game to watch. I, and let's not, you know, forget the fact that it wasn't exactly a quality hit either. I mean, it was a six-foot dribbler by Phil Evans. That I mean, it, it just wasn't good. And then Evans walked again. And besides that, that was the offense. Two balls left the infield. It was as bad an offensive performance I have seen from the Pirates since the Jose Tabata elbow game, to be quite frank. I was going to say it reminded me of the, uh, the CC Sabathia no-hitter. That, was a, that wasn't a no-hitter because they, they gave it a hit when it should have been an error. Remember that? I think that was what? And I want to say 2008, 2009, somewhere around there. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's where it took me. So, we got to talk about this game. Not a lot to talk about. So, what I did was normally, like I said, I take notes during the game. And there were m- more questions I had during this game than actual, like, notes or statements or points that I wanted to talk on. So we're just going to ask Alex uh, four questions. And I just want you to explain these things to me because I don't understand what's the reasoning behind these four questions. First question, why did Eric Gonzalez start today? Uh, Kevin Newman managing workloads. I have a feeling I'm not going to be able to give a particularly good answer to any of these to any of these questions but that's going to be the actual answer for it you know they want to manage everyone's workload Kevin Newman's been out there in the field he was a little banged up towards the end of summer camp uh he's fine now it's <laughs> I don't have this grand answer for this one just he needed a day or they projected that he needed a day I just what was especially especially since with the off day Thursday that's stacking two days on top. I, so I, I'm, I'm a little surprised we didn't see more of that, to be frank, in Wednesday's game since there are so few off days. And I'm a, I'm a firm believer in stacking off days, you know, to get guys rest. I just I, – I don't know. I mean, if you're going to give Newman a rest, why not put Cole Tucker at shortstop? A, he's a better fielder. And B, he had a really good game. On, on Tuesday, he had two hits, including one of the rare extra base hits the Pirates have seen this season. I don't know why you couldn't have played Tucker over Gonzalez, who, I mean, everyone looked bad at the plate, but I mean, some of his at-bats were just laughably bad. And that's nothing against Eric. I mean, you, you're all, every big league player is going to have those days. I mean, Stallings and, and Bell both won 0 for 3 with a turkey. 
So it's, it is what it is, but I just, I felt Cole Tucker deserved the back-to-back start in my opinion. I mean, in, in fairness to Gonzalez, he did hit one 105 miles per hour that just ricocheted off uh, Woodruff's foot. So he at least gave a good rip on one. All right. My second question, why no Asuna? Back-to-back days without Jose Asuna when he's, he has some pop. Why? Why? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to answer this one because I'm sure everyone's already read Dalen's column. So read the column if you haven't. That, that's, that's his grind. Okay. Fair enough. You want to summarize it because we're actually talking about it on oh, our he, he hasn't actually, you know, he hasn't actually written it yet, but I have a, I have a good feeling you know, what talking points he's going to bring up. I, I'm not going to spoil everything. Okay, anything. I was going to say, because I, 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 I haven't read it because we're recording this before he wrote it. So I... I... Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, fine, yeah. Read, read Dayon's column. I'm sure it will be much better said than either one of us could even put it anyway. So that's, that's fine. Uh, moving on to number three. Was he supporting that argument or was he against that argument? Oh, he, Dayon is the big Osuna guy. Okay. He's, good. Yeah. Good. Um, question number three, Alex. Why are the Pirates rushing Gregory Polanco back again? I mean, there's really no place else for him to go. Like, if he goes to Altoona, what is he going to do? He's going to hit, you know, something that Sam Howard threw at that point. I mean, how much more prepared can a guy get, honestly, at this point of the season? It's, well, he's here, he's healthy, let's, let's get some swings out of him. And they haven't been good. His timing's off. He admitted that, you know, the biggest struggle is actually getting that timing back after being gone for two weeks. But he wasn't – it wasn't like Kella where he was gone for a real long time or Hayes who basically missed all his summer camp. His stint was pretty short. He missed the second half of camp. And then by opening day, he was back lifting weights at PNC Park. So they don't have a whole lot of outfield depth at the moment, too. That's the other thing worth bringing up. Now, I'm sure that's going to dovetail into why isn't Jose Asuna starting in right field, but I digress. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, where if you were – you could do everything. Polanco could be doing everything that he would be doing in Altoona and Pittsburgh. And I think that that's kind of my point is you have a 30 man roster. He can be with the club. He can even be activated, but he's just not ready, man. He's not ready. And I don't know how you get someone ready when you can't play, you know, you can't go down to triple a or double a and play a game or get anything. I get that game at bats are important. And I, 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 and I get that we're only five games into the season or six games now, six games through. And it's just, yeah, the timing is – it's bad. It's not good. And I think that – I got I mean, I got a little Yinzer blood in me, and I think that the Yinzer blood, and not just myself but many, boils when you see Polanco struggle because it's just been a, a roller coaster following this guy throughout his entire career. And you sympathize for the injuries and the stuff that he's been through, but you see the potential, and when he doesn't perform – it's extra frustrating. Is that a fair point to make? 
I, I, no one has been, had a higher expectations, it feels like, than Gregory Polanco. So, no, I mean, at some point, cut the guy slack. Give him a couple of bats after coming back from COVID. Jeez. Okay, sorry. My goodness. <laughs> Last question for Alex. Alex, why did they make Woodruff look like Sandy Colfax tonight? Uh, you know what? Woodruff had the sinker going. It was – if Bill Evans said, you know, he was just missing the barrel, you know, he was the real optimist of the bunch, I guess. I don't know. Woodruff's good. That was a really good outing. There is nothing – Really, to say he had the changeup going against the lefties. And you know, that lineup has a lot of left handed hitters, and none of them particularly swinging the bat well right now. I mean, Bell isn't, Reynolds isn't, Polanco isn't, uh, Frazier isn't. I know Frazier had that big home run, but that's basically been the only time he's made good contact on a ball, you know, these first two series. So it is a case of a guy with a really good changeup who could. You know, neutralized lefties versus a lineup that has a lot of lefties in it that aren't particularly hitting well at the moment. Basically, if you aren't Colin Moran, nobody who swigs left-handed has been doing well this season, and Woodruff beat Moran, so that's most of the battle. All right, so I asked these questions. There were some positives in the game. Bullpen looked pretty darn good. Pretty darn good today. Uh they, they uh, let Robbie Erlin throw approximately 40,000 pitches in two innings, but he got the job done. Uh, Davidusta continues to look good, and they're putting him in high-leverage situations, and he's, he's come through now multiple times. And Rich Rod, another one, two, three. So that's encouraging. And while he's struggling at the plate still, Brian Reynolds making some great throws. Was that – Probably your highlight of the game, Alex. I know you like to write on the positive side of things. I'm guessing that's going to be mentioned in your game story that people read this morning. Uh, it might. I haven't written a whole lot of it yet, to be frank, because I was watching that game like, man, what, what am I going to write about this one that isn't about Woodruff? <laughs> you texted me. You said, uh, you said this, this one's tough. You know what? I, I got to – this is the third game I've covered of the season. It's like, well – First roadblock. First two, at least, you know, were, were interesting. Well, you need to and consider I, the fact that these are worth 2.7 games, though, Alex. So, in reality, okay. if this was a 162-game season, you'd be getting a roadblock in, like, this would be, like, game seven. So, that should make you feel so, so, if I really did end up writing this well, I could expect 2.7 Pulitzer's for it? Yeah. There we go. Okay. Um, and then my final note, my guy Colin Moran, uh, that was tough to watch him drop that foul ball, and they already had the, uh, the crowd music reacting for an out. That was uh, – just wanted to add that in. As that, a, that was – As president uh, of the Colin Moran fan club, I feel like I need to get in front of this, maybe control the narrative, and uh, that, that was a tough look. That's – I'm surprised people haven't, like, memed it. It's like, hey, baseball's coming back in 2020, dropping the ball, Florida Marlins. (laughs) All right. Well, we reviewed that doozy of a game, 28 strikeouts, one base hit for the Pirates. Uh, Yeah, not much else to say. When we come back after this short break, we're going to talk about what we learned about the Pirates 
through this Brewers series. We are now two series through this season, six games out of the 60, 10% of the season already completed. We're going to break down what areas of of the team we like, what we don't like, and what we'd like to see improve moving forward. Coming up next. Part two of the show, Alex, let's talk about this past series. Pirates get one win, two losses, similar to what happened in St. Louis. First things first, do you feel better about the team after watching this series than you did after watching them take one out of three against the Cardinals? I I feel probably just about the same. They're at the same point. I mean, two hard-fought series that they weren't quite good enough to win either series. I mean – in both cases, I mean, what have I said all along? That the season's got to come down to about 15 swings of the bat. And so far, you could argue that the game Tuesday, you know, was one in their favor, but more of them have not been. I mean, that loss Monday was brutal. And yeah. that's that, that might end up being the loss of the year. I Don't, don't threaten the Pirates with a good time. They, they, you don't. That's, that's throwing down the gauntlet right there. Uh, but anyway, so we're going to do this after every series. We're going to give our three stars and our three guys we need to see step up. Uh, do you want to go first with your three stars or shall I? Uh, I'll go first. All right. And I want to go first so I can get my third star out there and just have you and the world say that I'm, I've lost it. But my third star goes to... Dovidas Nevaroskis. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, I, I know he took the loss in extra innings, but that was only because the runner started at second base. He pitched two good innings, came in with a runner on base on Wednesday, got out of that jam. I, 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 to be blunt, it, it's been pretty good. In, in, in general, I mean, he's missing the glove at some point. It's sometimes being well, but I still get the comments that, you know, Davidis is terrible. And it's like, he hasn't been yet in 2020. I mean, I, I can understand if you think it's going to come because, you know, the track record says that there is the big Davidis meltdown coming down at some point, but so far it, 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 he hasn't done anything really to be like, man, this guy stinks. So yeah. Just because I may never be able to say those words again, the third star is to beat us. Never off uh, The second one is Simo, Paul Moran. And I, I would have had him as potentially number one if he had not dropped the ball on, on Wednesday. Not his finest moment as a professional baseball player. It's kind of surprising to be, to me at least, that he keeps getting these starts at first base over – Jose Osuna, I guess, would be the most obvious one because, I mean, Bell was put in DH. There's a reason why he's not in the field. So, yeah, had a couple good homers, a couple good swings in that second game of the series. The third one, not so much, but, you know, two good games out of the bunch. And then the third one, or my number one overall star is Chad Cole because he looked fantastic for three and two thirds innings and coming back after everything, after 25 months away from the game. Good for him. I don't disagree with any of those. Um, I, I, I left two of those guys off my list, but I think that that's, uh, those are all solid picks. My, my three stars, number three, Derek Holland. First start for the Buccos. Uh 
you could argue he probably shouldn't have went into that sixth inning. I would have put, I would have brought him back. I didn't hate that decision. It came back to bite him in the butt. It lost the shutout. Got a no decision in his first start, but solid outing, solid outing for really all the starting pitchers aside from Trevor have had a really good first outing of the season. And Joe had a good second outing as well. Uh, you'd like to see a little bit more length on their starts, but looking at their frame of work and what honestly what they're capable of, this is pretty good, pretty good. And Derek Holland, he gets my third star. My second star, similar to yours, Colin Moran, the two home runs. Uh, it, it wasn't really to his credit, but the error that kept things going, he was involved in that on uh, Tuesday. And um, yeah, the the error on Wednesday, the ball hitting his glove, that that took him out of the top spot. Also, I noticed this series, there were times where they were pitching around Colin Moran. I don't know if you picked up on that. I think it was very clear on Tuesday earlier on in the in the game. They were they were they very, let, very hesitant to keep one over the plate against him. They let Woodruff pitch to bell but went to the bullpen whenever moran came up what what a time to be alive yeah yeah there's 2020 man it just keeps on delivering um and then my number one star you went with davi i i or you went with davi as your bullpen representative i'm going with rich rod he didn't pitch on monday but tuesday and wednesday wait did he pitch monday yes okay he did you can say yes I, I was trying to say yes. I'm trying to mute because I'm recording outside. So if there are every, ah, any, any hot dog okay. fingers, I don't know. Yeah, but, I mean, he, he had a tough outing against the Cardinals in his first game back. But aside from that, I don't think he struggled. I think he had a solid series against the, the Brewers. Is that, is that correct? Am I forgetting something? No, it was a good series. I mean, yeah. six up, six down. Yeah. With, with right. the fastball velocity that he – was missing early on yeah I just when you you're in the dark right now and sometimes again I I always revert to your faces but you made a weird face there and I'm like did he have a bad outing I you you know you can see my face in the dark kind of yeah it's like half halfway glowing right now it's it's very uh daunting scary (laughs) it's the first time man emerges intimidated anyone else all right my uh three people oh oh, 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 no this is and I'm going on mute for the rest of the show. Have all fun. right, all right, all right. My three people I need to have improve. Uh, number three, Kevin Newman. The bat still hasn't shown up yet, and that's fine. And, I, again, it's early in the season, but would be nice. Would be nice for the top of the order to do anything offensively. I, 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 I need to recalculate what they've gone, the one through three spots in the, in the order, but they're responsible for one – of the one hits on Wednesday. So I don't know. Not good there. Michael Feliz, number two. Just a problem. Someone that if you're a fan, you're stressed when he comes on the mound. And number one, the top guy who needs to step it up after this series, Josh Bell did not have a good series. Not only at the plate, he he had a he had a hit. I think he scored a couple runs. But Wednesday, he looked very bad at the plate. He chased a lot of pitches that were low and away. And I didn't mention it during my solo rant 
Monday evening for Tuesday's show. Uh, him not throwing that ball to second might have cost – you could argue that that, that might have – if he makes that out at second base, they don't even turn a double play. But if he throws an accurate ball to second instead of shying away and taking the out at first, they might win that game. And that's just an ongoing problem that he's had in his career. Eventually, you either got to give up on the position or learn to make that throw. So Josh Bell got to step it up. I have faith that he will step it up uh, as the Buccos move to Chicago. I feel like Josh Bell always hits well at Wrigley. That could just be a weird memory thing of mine that is totally inaccurate. I don't know. Alex, who are your three people you need to see step it up? Well, we're similar for two. I have Kevin Newman for the same as my third for the same reasons you did. Uh, a, a really bad error, also in this series. Yes, just, that error allowed Christian Yelich to come up to bat with the bases loaded. Thankfully, Yelich is like slumping. Yeah, worse than like I've ever seen anyone. And then he had the caught stealing. Just no part of his game has been good. I mean, we're talking about a sample size of quite literally six games. Some of them he didn't even play in. It's but a really, really rough start. Second is Josh Bell for me. And I, I'm glad you brought up that throw to second base because that is I, – I do feel like that was part of the – big part of the reason why they lost. There's all the difference in the world on how you set up your outfield defense with runners on second and third, the runner on second being the tying run, and runners on the corners two outs – and the runner on first being the tying run. You go to a no-doubles defense. That Braun hit, I don't think Yelich would have scored from first base on that Braun hit if the Pirates would have been in a no-doubles defense. That could have ended it right there, you know, 5-4. Even if they don't get the double play, just getting, you know, that play at second base. It's, yeah, it was, it was a bad, bad inning in general. But I spared Michael Feliz from my – you know, three disappointment stars because you missed the low hanging fruit for number one. I don't count that. I, I, I 100% do count it because he is a member of the Pittsburgh Pirates. That is Miguel Del Pozo who did not get a batter out. <laughs> he didn't have an ERA. It is infinite. It is infinite. And the fit might be higher because they were all walked. So yeah, it was, it was, Bad, 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 bad outing from Miguel Del Pozo. It's, yeah, I know there's expanded rosters and, you know, there are injuries in the bullpen, but, man, man, someone in out – I'm having a hard time believing. Speaking of someone who watched a little Sam Howard in Bradenton and wasn't particularly impressed with whatever Sam Howard had, I refuse to believe that Sam Howard or literally anyone who is a major league option in the Tuna camp is, you know, worse than Miguel Del Pozo. I, I seriously think, I mean, just throwing away a couple of the guys who are in the camp just so they get, you know, some major league experience or, or not major league experience, just some instruction, that type of stuff. It's just bad. Just, just bad. <laughs> I, do you think if he doesn't play another – if Del Pozo doesn't play another game in the majors ever again, would he go down as the worst pitcher in MLB history? 
I mean, he pitched last year for the Angels, so. Oh, okay. Never mind. I thought I thought he was a Triple A guy, his whole career. I mean, he was, but he actually did crack the majors for like nine innings and uh, got rocked in those nine innings. Gave up a million walks. You know, basically what he saw there. So. Okay. I well. I, I I just don't see the appeal. Also, in general, like fastball is not that great. Breaking stuff doesn't move that much, doesn't spin that much. It's, it's He's a guy. If he threw right-handed, he would have fizzled out in double way. Well, that's all we got for today. Uh, thanks for tuning in. As always, the Pirates now two and four. Or, hey, math guy, what, what does that equate to with the, the modern calculations? 5.4 and 10.8. 5.4 and 10.8. So they're 5 and 11. If, if, we're, if we're normal. But we're not anywhere near normal in our world. So the Pirates are 2-4, and four, and a sweep against the Cubbies this weekend can change the season altogether. Alex and I said they needed to win five of their next ten games. They've got one, which means they've got to either win the series against the Cubs and split with the Twins or take three out of four against the Twins and win one this weekend in Wrigley Field. We'll see how they do it. Alex will be there covering both of those uh, series. Be sure to follow his coverage. Read all the other good stuff on DKPittsburghSports.com as well. Thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast to be named later on DK Sports Radio.